0: Maybe there's life situations you're involved in, and so looking ahead brings with it more dread than it does excitement. You know, maybe you're somewhere in between. In second Kings chapter four, we read a story about a widow with two boys, and she was in a tough situation. We're going to read verse 1 to 7. The Bible starts and says, The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go round and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. But he replied, There is not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, Go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. It's a great story of a miraculous way. That God met a need. But faith was required. You know, the widow, she's in a tough situation. Bible doesn't tell us how long she was a widow. We don't know if it was recent. But in those times, uh, female business owners were not common. It was a male-dominated society. It was rough to earn a living. She had not just, uh, you know, her mouth to feed but she had two sons and there's no more desperate situation when then you have children looking to you relying on you and not only can you not supply their needs but the creditors are coming to take them away as slaves you know they didn't have financial peace university back then They didn't have bankruptcy. They didn't have debt repayment plans. If you owed money and didn't pay it, they just sold the kids into slavery. So parents of the teenagers don't get any ideas. But you can substitute your life situation. You can think about where where are you at right now? What situation would you put yourself in where you go... I can relate. I feel this pressure. I feel this challenge. I'm afraid of what I face. And I don't know what to do. You know, one of the things that we can uh, mess up in our theology is that we think if we serve God wholeheartedly, then nothing bad will happen. And so if something bad happens, we go, wait, what's wrong? Sometimes we say, what's wrong with God? Sometimes we say, what's wrong with the church? Sometimes we say, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my Christianity? I served him. I'm faithful. I was wholehearted. And then look at this tragedy. God was setting her up for a miracle. She didn't know it at the time. She was desperate. And Elisha asks her a question. He says, what, what do you have? You know, so often we're, we're reactive. We're like the uh, young child. It says, I'm starving, which means I haven't eaten for an hour. You know, if something's bad, it's just totally bad. If Your feelings are hurt. They're totally hurt. You know, do you ever get like a little hurt? Is it ever just a little bad? Oh, this isn't that big of a deal. No, this is terrible. It's horrible. And we, we can get reactive. And and Elisha, the man of God, says, hey, so tell me what resources you have. And she's like, nothing. And the Bible breaks this up. I don't know how long, if there was a pause in between, but maybe your mind started churning and maybe she realized, hey, nothing is not accurate. And I am speaking of the man of God. Uh, or sometimes, you know, your first thought, I got nothing. And then you think and you go, well, actually, I do have a little jar of oil. That's what I got. You know, God just doesn't need that much to do what God can do. But sometimes we're stuck in the nothing phase. Where I answered, nothing, I got nothing, I have no motivation, I have no faith, I have no friends, I have no life, I have no... You know, everything is just superlatives. God's like, well, that's actually not true. What do you really have? And the widow says, well, I got a little olive oil. Well, that wasn't enough to solve the problem and so Elisha said, okay, I got an idea. Here's what you need to do. You need to go around to your neighbors. And you need to ask them for some empty jars. And then Elisha knew that the widow might be lacking in faith because of her situation. So he has to kind of give her a little extra encouragement. And don't ask for just a few. You know, sometimes our faith... God says, okay, bring in some empty jars. We're going to fill them up with oil. And you're like, here's one. So no, bring 50, bring 100. You see, because the jar is the opportunity for the miracle. Now, the widow had to get involved. You know, now, Elisha could have just you know, multiply jars. He could have just, you know, God could have solved it a different way. But he said, no, 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 okay, we don't even know the widow's name. Okay, go and ask your neighbors for jars. Now, the Bible doesn't record the conversations, but I want you to imagine how they would go. Hey, I need to borrow some of your empty jars. Sure, but what do you need them for? Well, there's this man of God and I only have a little olive oil and he's going to multiply the oil and we need more jars so that we can hold the oil. I bet some of the neighbors are like, what? No, you can't have my jar for that reason. That's a dumb reason. That's not going to happen. No jar for you. Maybe another neighbor. I said, I would love to let you borrow one of my jars, but you know what? They're all being used right now. I don't have any empty ones. Sorry. We don't know how many neighbors the widow had to go to. She had to have conversations, and each request for a jar required the widow to actually believe that something could be done with the jar. So you see, God is stretching her faith, requiring her to have these conversations to be the collector of the jars, And then it's kind of cool. So then they get all the jars collected. And then Elisha says, okay, now shut the door and go in your house and don't let anyone in there except for you and your boys. I was thinking, why would he do that? You know, because when you're going to do a miraculous thing and God's put it on your heart, you don't want any distractions. You don't want any people that are going to walk in while you're in the middle of pouring the oil. Go on, no. A miracle is not going to happen. You need to just quit pouring. You need to go give those jars back to your neighbors. So you just, you're focused. The Bible says she just keeps pouring. And as soon as the jar would be full, the sons would set that one aside. And they'd go bring another jar. And then she'd keep pouring. So the widow and the sons got to be involved in this whole process. the Bible says she just kept pouring. She kept pouring. Until she said, "Bring me another jar," and the son said, "There's no jar left." Says, "Then the oil stopped." So, well, how much oil was produced? Enough to sell it and pay the debts, and leftover to live on. And isn't that the God we serve? You see, God gives us more than we ask or imagine. You know, I remember growing up as a kid, you know, we always liked to ask dad for gas money. Now, back then, gas was like 80 cents a gallon. So you could fill up for pretty cheap. But see, dad didn't ever ask, like, well, what's the exact dollar amount that you need? He would just always round up. Sort of like, yeah. So we learned as a kid, ask dad for gas money. You know, that's kind of the way God is. He always rounds up. You know, we kind of do all the math and we figure out, here's what my my needs are, here's the situation. And then God just says, yeah, I'm just going to throw in a bunch extra. Because that's just who he is. I got a question for you as you think about 2017. How many empty jars? Do you have in your heart? What do you expect to happen? You now, for some of us, we look at 2017 and we have like a little jar. We've just got a little faith, a little expectation. I just need God to accomplish this little thing, and if He can, that would really be great. Now, Elisha told the widow, and he tells you. Hey, go and get a bunch of jars, and don't ask for just a few. You see, what the jar is, is opportunities for the miracle. No jar, no oil. But you know how we think? We go, well, let me see the amount of oil that God's going to produce, and then I will get the jars prepared for the oil to go into. But it doesn't work that way. God's like, no, no you got to get the jars, and then I'll fill it up. What kind of roadblocks do you have to your faith? You know, sometimes we're in tune with times where we felt like, man, I had an empty jar ready. I I believed and I gave God this opportunity to fill it up, and he didn't. So why bother getting a lot of jars later? I mean, this widow's husband was part of the company of the prophets. He was a spiritual bigwig. He was close to God. It's powerful. Maybe this widow was bitter. Man, look at how my husband served you. Look at the faith he had. And we're in this dep- desperate situation. God's not going to come through. God's the one that put us in this place. Why bother collecting jars? You see, the jars for you are the opportunity for God to work. But how many jars have you brought in to your home? How many of them are ready to go? Uh, Go ahead and turn over to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Read from verse 5 down to verse 8. Says, For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show us that this all-surpassing powers from God and not from us. We're hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in, the body, uh, in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal bodies. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. You know, Paul, uh, speaking to the church in Corinth, is talking about the ministry of reconciliation. And he's like, it is not easy. He says, "We're we're perplexed. It's difficult. It's hard. He said, We have this treasure in jars of clay. He says, You, you know what you are? You're, you're a jar. You're just like one of the jars that the widow had to go and collect. And see, sometimes when we think about, okay, what jars are we collecting? You know, we're thinking about going to the neighbors. You know, the biggest jar of all is you. The question is, are you available? To be filled by God, are you available to be used? I mean, the whole thing Paul's talking about, he's like, it's just worth it. He goes, we got the treasure in us. Why? So that we can pour it out to make an impact on the world around and the people in our neighborhoods, the people in our families, the people in our workplace, in our classes, on our sports teams. Paul said, it's worth it. You know why? Man, we fix our eyes on what is unseen. What's here in this life is temporary. But what's unseen is eternal. You know, it was so inspiring being at Kim's baptism. Because Kim actually has a long uh, history of oil pourers that went into her life. Uh, The Lotane family... Knew her for 22 years. How many? 16 years. She was an interpreter for Zach, Nathan's older brother. And, and then so many of her co-workers at Sorensen at CSUN, have known her for, for years and years and years. And they've all been pouring oil. Pouring oil. It's her life. And then one day it registered, hey, I'm missing something. And she came out to church. Uh, She was asked to start studying the Bible. Another oil pourer, I think, Carol Stevenson asked her. But then, you know, it was just so amazing to see all the sharing at her baptism. Because there were so many people involved for so many years, and, and everybody had been pouring oil into that situation. And you go, man, that was awesome. Because what the low were doing 16 years ago, they didn't realize that the impact was going to happen now. And sometimes that's the way it is. You're pouring out your oil and you're going, see, this has no impact. And 10 years later, 16 years later, you see, oh, I see what God is doing You see, how many jars do you have? You're the biggest jar of all. You know, we can in- attend church and be unavailable to God. You now, of course, we're, we're smart enough that we would never say it that way, right? We just say things like, I'm just really busy maybe next month. I got a lot going on, you know, with the family, with the kids, work projects. But we're, we're here, right? But we're not available. You know, you're like the neighbor's jar that the widow went to and said, Hey, I need to borrow one of your jars. Hey, you know what? I really want to give you a jar to use. But they're just all my jars are occupied with other items. And so they're unavailable to you. You see, God cannot pour his oil into a full jar. If your life is totally packed to the point where you go, I got room for nothing else, where's the oil going to go? And right then and there, you end up with a problem because you go, well, you know, I, I want to be a jar available to God, but my, my jar's full. You know, if you're busy, the last thing you want to hear is let's add more to the schedule. You need to empty the jar. You need to uncommit. You need to give yourself more opportunities. The most important thing you can accomplish in a day is being available for God to work in your life. We can wake up on Monday morning. I want to be available for God, but, you know, I got no time to pray. I got no time to read my Bible. I got no time to have spiritual conversations or fellowship with believers, because I'm just I'm too busy. So what opportunity are you giving God to work? You got to be a jar collector. The best thing we can do is say, God, I'm going to just give you opportunities. I want to have the faith that opens doors. I want to have the faith to bring empty jar after empty jar and empty jar and then just watch you fill it. Don't ask for just a few. You say, what are the situations that would come to mind? What, What empty jars would you like filled up? Have you brought the jar into the room? You know, we could probably sit down and make a list of, of people that have needs in their life, maybe you know health situations or financial situations or different things that are going on, and we recognize, yeah, I got a need. Kind of like the widow going, "Man, I'm in need. The creditors are coming, and they're going to take my boys away as slaves." We recognize the need. Elisha says, "Then collect jars." She could have said no to the jars, and God wouldn't have had opportunity to solve. The problem in her life. As this year unfolds, my challenge to you, have the faith to collect a lot of jars. Because God has an endless supply of oil. You know, and that's what Paul's talking about here. It's like, man, you, yeah, you know what, you got this treasure in jars of clay. Notice that that you're a jar of clay. He did not say you are like a bling, bling, you know, gold jar. It's like, no, you're clay. It's rough. It's hard. You get beaten up. There's bruises, chips. He goes, you know what? We fix our eyes on what is unseen. Take your eyes and put them out there, and then collect jars. You know, sometimes you just need to borrow jars. You know, when people people that have a lot of faith aren't they fun to hang out with? I got a question: How fun is it to hang out with people that have no faith? They're pessimist about everything. The bad is always going to happen. Nothing good's ever going to happen. Like, do you make time for Starbucks? For that? They're like, uh. but when somebody has a lot of faith, aren't they fun to hang out with? They're like, oh no, this is going to happen. This is going to be great. This is going to be successful. This is going to have. You're like, yeah, I need some of that. You know, sometimes we just need to steal jars from people that have extra. It's okay. If you don't have enough jars, borrow from somebody who does. But have the faith to give God the opportunity to work. Then what's our responsibility? Just keep pouring. You know, the widow, she wasn't doing the math. They'd just bring one jar and then she'd just keep pouring. And then they'd fill that up and they'd bring another jar and just keep pouring. Like there wasn't ever a time where she's at least Bob didn't record it, where she stopped and thought, okay, mathematically, this is impossible. If I pour out this much, I'm going to be out of oil. I won't be able to fill this up. You know, you ever had one of those days where you think, I am just exhausted, I'm at my wit's end, and then you get a phone call of like a huge need, and your first thought is, I do not have the energy to give to this situation, but you know you need to and you dive on in with both hands and you minister and you have that conversation and you serve and you love, and every time it's the same thing. Somehow you have the energy to get through it, to supply what they need. And most of the times you leave and feel better than you did when you started. You see, that's just the way God works. He will always give you all that you need to do what's in his heart. There's not an empty jar you can bring to the table where God's like, Ah, man, I thought you were going to bring 67 jars, and you brought 68, and I only have oil for 67. Sorry, you're going to have to return that jar. God just doesn't work that way. I saw a bumper sticker, and it said, If you want to hear God laugh, tell him your plans. Well, that's so true. But we get so prideful about our plans. Ah, you know, we script them out, and I got this great plan, and here's what it's going to be. It's going to be just so amazing. And God's, I think God just chuckles. And He's like, if they only knew. God's plans for you are so much greater, so much uh, more impacting and far reaching than you ever would have dreamed. You just keep pouring. Your job's not to fill up the empty jars. That's God's job. You're just supposed to pour out what you have. Are you available to be filled? And are you willing to pour yourself out? Yeah, you know, that kind of Christian life, that's not a Sunday morning Christianity. That's 7 days a week, 24 hours a day. The needs are endless in Santa Clarita, all over the world. The world needs a lot more of God's oil. And he's entrusted you with the treasure. He said, you know what, I I will fill you up and then you go and you pour yourself out. And then I'll fill you up and then you go and pour yourself out. When we live this way, then God gets to accomplish his purpose. But you have to be available. You have to predetermine. I will change what I need to change. I will open up my life to be available. I will make time. I will not wait for time. I will not look for what's convenient. I will do it even when it's late, even when it's difficult. Because the miracles are waiting. You see, God wants to fill us up so we can turn around and pour it out on other people. What will your faith allow God to accomplish? Not just this year. Ten years from now. Sixteen years from now. Say only God knows. Let's commit... To be in vessels that God can fill up. Let's be jar collectors. And let's turn around and pour ourselves out for others. Let's keep these things in mind as we embark on the new year. God has incredible, incredible things in store. And as you think about that widow and her two sons, what started as a desperate day became an accounting of a story that we read about thousands of years later. You know, her life is the same as ours. The miracles are just as uh, available today as they were then. Let's collect those jars and let's pour out the oil. Amen. All right. We are really excited as a church. Uh, starting this Tuesday night, we're going to be doing uh, financial peace university, which is a, a nine week series on personal finances uh, put out by Dave Ramsey. And uh, most people have heard of Dave Ramsey. Uh, he is really an amazing teacher instructor. He's not heavy handed. He's actually very funny. Uh, very entertaining to listen to, but his principles are extremely practical. And we have made an investment as a church, actually a a $12,000 investment in our personal finances to be able to uh, make a difference in our situations. You know, the number two biggest stresses are kids and money. And if you don't have kids, then that only leaves one. Um, The principles of what he will share are phenomenal things for young people to hear. The earlier you learn it, the better it is. It's very practical stuff to get you out of debt, to set you up for victory. And we're excited to go through this as a church And it begins this Tuesday night, and we're going to watch at this time a brief uh, promo video, and then I'm going to share a few more practicals with you. Let's go ahead and lower the screen.